The views and content expressed on the following program are provided solely for informational and entertainment purposes. They do not constitute legal advice. A podcast is not a substitute for retaining a competent, licensed attorney to advise you on your specific legal situation. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the show. It is time for Break the Business, where we empower indie creators and have some fun along the way. I'm Ryan Carella, and it is a pleasure to have you here this week. I am excited. I am so stoked to be joining all you viewers and listeners this week. Man, do we have a fun show. It is a fun show. I will say that from the outset. It's going to be an absolute blast. 60 jam-packed fun minutes of artist empowerment. But let me tell you what else this show also is going to be this week. It's going to be a little bit of a technical challenge. For things that you will soon discover throughout the show, we got ourselves a lot of moving parts this week. Producer Lauren is definitely uh, earning some gold stars this week for the technical challenges that lie ahead. But man, is it going to be a blast. For me, it's a challenge as well. In addition to all the things I just described, I am also fighting a hippopotamus-sized fly that is in this studio that I cannot do anything about, and just every five or six seconds or so, it flies right into my line of sight. And I'm telling you, it is big enough that you will see it on the camera if it shows up. And so if you just see me during the show just randomly just flailing my arms like a lunatic, it's because the fly is here. Similarly, if you hear like... If you're listening to this on radio or on podcast, if you hear the sound of a mic getting slammed, it's because in the midst of my flailing, I tried to get the bug and it, you know, just caused me to destroy all this very expensive sound equipment in the process. And I would probably fail to still get the bug because everybody knows house flies, the hardest bug to kill those things just they they they're nimble they are nimble they can turn on a dime they have go-kart handling if a if a house flies in your house there's a reason why it's called a house fly because it is staying in your house it is basically a roommate that does not pay rent once it is in your house in fact in fact i can see it it is on my windowsill on the other side of the studio and oh and now it's starting to fly it knows that i just called him out and so yeah i'm, I'm dealing with all that today but Still in a good mood because, again, we got a bunch of great stuff. And I'm joined by a fabulous co-host this week, Katie Zaccardi joining us. Hi, Katie. I didn't know that I was walking into your one-man show about flies, but I'm so glad I got this ticket for free. This is so really I have two co-hosts this week. I hope you don't mind sharing the stage with a house fly the size of a skyscraper. This thing is massive. I feel like it's his show and I'm just going to like sit back and let the fly kind of do the work, you know? I'm getting vibes of either the best or worst episode of Breaking Bad, depending on uh, what kind of Breaking Bad fan you are. But hopefully, (laughs) hopefully we can just like reach a, a uneasy peace with this fly. Maybe he'll be like the third person on the morning zoo radio, just chiming in with, you know, interesting comments, but mostly staying out of the two hosts way. (laughs) We're going to find out because this is too good of a show to not, to, to not keep things on the rail. So in our coming up after the break in our second segment, fabulous musician joining us, Danelia cotton, 
independent music award winning rock singer songwriter. She's played with everybody, Katie. She's played with BB King. She's played with Leonard Skinner, Bon Jovi, incredible guitarist, equally incredible story. Excited to have her on in the second segment to tell us all about it, to tell us about her new album, Good Day. And because she is one of these super accomplished creators that's been doing it for a long time, I know she's going to have some great advice for us, Katie. So I am stoked. I am stoked. But before we bring her in, I have some pretty interesting TikTok stories to share with you. As you know. No, I love that. I do. uh, As do I. And as these TikTok stories flood across my timeline, I squirrel them away. For the one time a month, I get to have you on the show, Katie, and I bring them out because you are our resident TikTok expert. You are our TikTok creator. You're doing cool things on the platform. You love giving out TikTok advice. And so I just love bringing examples of cool things happening on TikTok that I know you're going to get some insights from. But our first TikTok story I want to share with you, Katie, is actually a bit of a legal one. And I think it's a, a legal story that is going to have a lot of import for the creators out there on TikTok, particularly the ones who operate in the world of comedy sketches. TikTok, as you might say, Katie, is a platform that is known for what we would call gentle borrowing, (laughs) whether it is people taking, and, and by the way, that's not a bug of the platform. It's a feature. It's what makes the platform good. Somebody records a really great piece of audio you're going to repurpose that audio for something else and and maybe even give it a whole new meeting, kind of transform it into something new. People yeah. like to uh, duet and stitch previous videos and put them into their videos. So borrowing happens all the time. But are there situations where this sort of gentle borrowing that is sort of uh, a native aspect of the platform runs into the world of copyright infringement? especially for these comedians on TikTok who create really funny bits and often feel like, hey, so-and-so just stole my bit. That's the thing that I do. That's my shtick on TikTok. And so a lot of creators might wonder, is there there a line? Can, Can I bring legal action against somebody if they take my bit on TikTok? And that, and a federal court has actually given us some insight on this, if you can imagine. I'm glad that they did because I feel like that it's an important question to ask, but I'm also really curious what the result of it was because it seems tricky. Well, I it is very, very tricky. And it gets into copyright doctrine that baffles first-year copyright students and 20-year <laughs> veterans of the business alike. It is a, it's a pretty complicated doctrine that um, was pretty well exemplified here. So let me give you the facts of what happened, all right? On June 22nd, we have a federal judge in New York that dismissed a lawsuit against sketch comedian Michael Che. So you know him from Saturday Night Live, Weekend Update, amazing comedian. Uh, The lawsuit was dismissed against him and it was filed by a TikTok creator, a TikTok comedian named Kelly Mano. She does funny sketches on TikTok, uh, often through the perspective of a you know modern woman or a mom that kind of thing you know really doing some funny things on the platform but she filed a lawsuit against michael che because she did these sketches on tiktok called the homegirl hotline okay. and what the the premise of it is is if a person runs into trouble you call this hotline and you get a homegirl to come take care of your problem for you so i think the the, the sketch that I saw that she does is 
if a uh, a school bully or is is bullying your kid or your spouse cheated on you and you want to get revenge on the cheating spouse, you yeah. call the homegirl hotline and the homegirl takes care of it, usually in a way that is equal parts hilarious and violent, right? She'll okay, come into yeah. the she'll come into the cheating boyfriend's house and like or girlfriend's house, like throw the clothes out on the lawn, that kind of thing. Okay. And so, you know, that that sketch has been around since I think early 2020. More recently, Michael Che on his HBO sketch show has a sketch that he uh, did about four or five recurring times on the same episode, one of these callback sketches, where he is, uh, in the sketch, he's advertising a fictional app that people can use this app to retain the services of homegirls that help Mm. you with your day-to-day hardships. And so, you know, one of the, one of the, in one of the sketches, the, uh, you know, Michael Che and his buddies are going up to the club and are getting harassed by a female bouncer. And the idea is like, they're they're getting harassed and like, and they're like, we want to respond in a aggressive, violent fashion, but we can't do that to a female bouncer or we'll get canceled. So Mm. we call, we used our homegirl app to get a homegirl to take care of this bouncer for us. And that's the Michael Che sketch. And by the way, nothing is less funny than hearing a lawyer describe a comedic sketch. I assure you, (laughs) if you watch the sketch, it's hilarious. I believe you, I believe you. So that's what this case turned on, right? Does if is taking the premise of a sketch, taking the basic idea of a sketch without actually copying, say, the dialogue or the specific story or the specific characters, is that enough to constitute copyright infringement? And as we noted in the beginning, this lawsuit was dismissed. And so in the in the eyes of the law, the answer is no. And that's a pretty that's a pretty standard answer. Um, You know, any copyright lawyer is going to tell you that the judge got that one right. Because in copyright law, we have something called the idea expression dichotomy, which basically says that copyright law does not protect ideas. It protects specific expressions of ideas. Mm. So just because William Shakespeare wrote Romeo and Juliet, and this is a bad example because like obviously that, that thing is hundreds of years old, so it'd be in the public <laughs> domain. But just because somebody wrote Romeo and Juliet doesn't mean that nobody else is allowed to write love stories yeah. or nobody else is allowed to write stories about teenagers in love or right. stories about teenagers in love where it ends in suicide. Like those are like you, you can't corner an entire idea just because you came up with an idea. What copyright law does protect is specific expressions of the ideas. So particular dialogue or, uh, characters or, you know, things that are actually the, the thing that is expressed from the general thing. And obviously it can be hard to draw the line in the eyes of the law between where do we draw the line between expression and idea? I, I yeah. think the, the example that my copyright professor used to come up with when talking about Romeo and Juliet is our professor would say, love story is an idea. You can't copyright that. Two houses, both alike in dignity, in fair Verona, where we lay our scene, is an expression, that specific dialogue. That can be protected. Where's the line in the middle, right? Right. Like, can I make a story about, you know, two teenagers in Verona and the characters are named Mercutio and Benvolio and, you know, there's some dialogue that's the same. 
there there's a there's a line somewhere in there but yeah what this court said and again they got it right is the line is not if you make a sketch about calling on the services of a homegirl to solve your problems you don't get that for you know you don't get the monopoly on that other people can do sketches where you call upon people to help you in a particular situation and you don't get to own that that makes sense I have a question for you then. So you know how with Romeo and Juliet, there's West Side Story, which is basically like meant to be the same thing, but obviously it's different. Like it's not the same people, but it's sort of like mimicking the plot where like you have two rival households with, you know, the, I'm totally blanking on their names, the Jets and the the Jets and the Sharks. (laughs) So, um, so you had Montagues and Capulets, no problem, but Jets and Sharks are like, oh, no, it's I too knew tricky. Jets, I'm like, I couldn't think of the second one. Um, or what's also coming to mind right now is Cinderella, because I don't know, I'm assuming you probably know this, but like there's Cinderella and then there's a Hilary Duff's iconic A Cinderella Story and then there's another Cinderella Story. Like there's a million movies that like even call out that it's sort of riffing on the idea of Cinderella. So my brain is going to music where it's like, it's sort of an interpolation where you're like taking a piece of art and then you're like making it something else, but it comes from this background. However, my question for you is, do those works like have any copyright issues? They, or no, they don't have to refer back to the original piece at all, or do they? Well, again, in those cases, all of those recent adaptations all benefit from the fact that Romeo and Juliet and Cinderella True. are very much in the public domain, right? True, that makes so, sense. And, and so you you can do any kind of homages and interpolations and based on the stories and, you know, change the setting but make the story the same as you want. Let's say Romeo and Juliet was written a week ago and somebody wanted, or, or Cinderella was written a week ago and somebody wanted to do kind of a similar sort of story it would then get into how much of the actual expression are you copying are you taking are the characters substantively similar enough are the uh you know are you taking actual lines of dialogue things like that and that's a much trickier question and one that if cinderella was just made and somebody came to me and said hey i want to do the drew barrymore version of cinderella i'd be like all right let's let's look at this closely and let's (laughs) exactly um but and it's and, and so yeah, it can be hard to figure out where that line is between idea and expression. But in yeah. this case, you don't just get to own I I have a hotline where I can call a homegirl. If your yeah. characters are different, if the story is different, if the dialogue is different, you're gonna be on the other side of it. Uh, another similar yeah. doctrine that comes into play, and it's kind of an offshoot of the idea expression dichotomy, mm-hmm. is what's known as the Sens Affair doctrine. And that came up in this case as well, which is the idea of if you are telling a certain story, there are certain and, and there are certain elements that are inherent to being able to tell a version of that story. No one person can own those elements. So, for example, if I were to make a movie about World War Two, mm-hmm. there are certain things that are going to be in every World War Two movie, right? You're going to have airplanes having dogfights. You're going to have, you know, concentration camps. You're going to have. Uh, soldiers marching, things like that. Because you can't make a World War II movie without those things, if one person puts those things in their movie, you can't keep other people from making them. So in this case, Kelly Mano's lawyer, the TikToker, tried to argue, hey, 
you know, they're they're calling a homegirl on the phone and we called a homegirl on the phone. The judge said, yeah, if you're making a sketch about calling homegirls, there's going to be a phone involved. Like, you don't get to own that. And so that's where sense of fair doctrine comes into play. To me, what I think is the most interesting this is the last kind of thing I'll bring up here. What I think is the most interesting example of sense of fair doctrine that I, I see on a weekly basis because I watch the show on a weekly basis is the TV show The Orville. I don't know if you're familiar with this. No, I'm the name sounds vaguely familiar, but I haven't watched it. So the Orville is a a Seth MacFarlane TV show. It was on Fox. Now it's on Hulu. That is a, a, it's very much an homage to Star Trek. Right. I know what you're talking about. I haven't seen it, but I know what you're talking about. And it, yeah. And so like as a, as a Trekkie myself, that is a, you know, I, I, I'm obsessed with that show just as I'm obsessed with Star Trek. And I'm also fascinated by it as a copyright lawyer. Because they are really trying to get as close as they can to that Star Trek line without going over it. So it is a show about space travel. It's a show about space explorers in a in a military style organization that explores the planet. They have ranks like the same, you know, captain, commander. Um, they they have different worlds that they explore. There are different species of aliens on the ship. All of those things that I described are identical to Star Trek, right? Even the names of the, like, both of them have the rank of captain, the the leader of the ship, then commander. And, you know, one is called the Federation, one is called the Union, right? The Federation's on Star Trek, the Union on the Orville. And to me, that, you know, they're really trying to get the most out of the Sens Affair doctrine there. If if I am Hulu's lawyers or Fox's lawyers, I'm going to say to a, uh, if I ever get sued... You know, if you're making a story about space explorers and space travel, they're going to have other aliens on their ship. They're going to have naval ranks in the same way that, you know, Star Trek had naval ranks. You don't get to own the ranks of captain and commander. And so that's the the kind of idea, although I think the Orville is pretty close to being kind of copyright questionable there. But, <laughs> but that's the idea. So if you yeah. are a if you're a comedian on TikTok and you think somebody's stealing your bit. Ask yourself, are they stealing just the general idea of what I did, which probably will uh, not make it infringing, or are they taking dialogue, characters, specific expressions of your ideas? Because that's really the question you want to look at. I love this. (laughs) It's so interesting to me. And I, yeah, I'm just really curious to see how it evolves because I can think of a number of TikTokers who I feel like do very similar bits but like the character is just like, you know, unknown person. The bit is just a vibe and the content is, you know what I mean? Yeah. But like, I, I, I see a lot of um, creators starting to do similar things, which again is not surprising on TikTok, but like I'm noticing a trend in one specific direction with like this, it's almost like a Valley girl kind of like character. And I see so many girls doing it and doing it and doing it and it, it's interesting to me because I was thinking of that as you were talking where I'm like it is well it is what it is like it's not they're not really they're able to kind of copy or get inspiration or whatever whatever you might call it um but I guess it just opens us up to having more content available to us I can see how the person who came up with the original idea or feels like they came up with the original idea might be mad about it but at the end of the day i think a lot of thoughts and ideas are repeated and like aren't actually copied but are just shared so 
why not allow them all to be there as long as you're not literally ripping someone off? <laughs> it's it's what again it, it is what makes TikTok great is that you have yeah. different creators kind of building off of the prior work and kind of one upping each other and taking creative things in new directions. It's what makes it cool. That being said, I'm pretty sure like the next 10 years of copyright lawsuits is going to be a whole bunch of TikTokers suing each other. Probably. And that's going to be completely bonkers. Speaking of things, Katie, that I've become obsessed with on TikTok. <laughs> all right. I have a new favorite song that is stuck in my head. I sing it everywhere. And here's the problem. I, like the entire world, have only heard about 30 seconds of it. <laughs> so I've been walking around my house singing the same 30 seconds of a song. Okay. Just, and, and the reason why is because it's been all over TikTok. It, the, uh, I'll tell you, the artist is, his name is Chasen at Chase is Chasen on TikTok. And he uh, had a really interesting way that he's promoting his new single reel, which is coming out July 15th. And I want to tell you about it because I think a lot of artists can learn some lessons about how they can use TikTok to promote their music, which is something you and I love talking about. All right, let me yeah. let me lay this out here. Okay, so he's got the song coming out on the 15th. And, he, and for the last like dozen or so videos that he's put out, he keeps playing the same 30 second like pre-chorus and chorus of the song like getting up to like the drop of the song yeah. but what he's doing is he's making videos where he plays the song in increasingly interesting and hilarious places <laughs> he started off playing it at a house party and then he was playing it in a grocery store shopping cart and then he started playing it at Pacific Park in LA in front of the Hollywood sign at the Hollywood Walk of Fame wow. and in each of his performances he has this incredible light show behind him, these blinking red and blue lights. And it's just, it's amazing. And every time a new one of these pops across my timeline, I get upset. And I know, Katie, you've seen his videos too, because you were telling me that mm -hmm. you saw videos where he's playing the song for people on the Omega platform, right? Yes, literally for the first time. And you guys, listeners, I did not know that he was coming on this podcast today. And yesterday I saw this video where he was playing for some playing for some Omega and the girl's like just jaw like on the floor. <laughs> like literally just like a gasp because it was so amazing. And I liked the video and then we hopped on today and I was like, uh, are you? I think I I think I saw that video yesterday. Like very, very weird synchronicity there, but I think it's all I love the strategy. I love that you've got the omnipresence going on because you're repeating the same part over and over again. I love that people are intrigued as to where it's going to be next. I also love the Omega part because you get to see people's reactions to how epic it is. I'm just, I'm excited for this yeah. to, to blow up. Even I've seen a lot of artists, by the way, we didn't tell the viewers and the listeners that he was about to appear, but now they know. <laughs> uh, I, I think I covered myself there because I didn't realize that. <laughs> okay. But I, I do want to talk about this Omegle thing. And, and, I, and I think I'm pronouncing it right. Is it Omegle? I, Omegle? I think so. I don't know. My, a younger person can correct us. My elder millennial <laughs> is showing here. But yeah, and he's not the first artist I've seen do this, where they make TikTok videos of them just like randomly going through people on Omegle and saying, hey, can I play my song for you? And then they play the song and the person like loses their mind and you record it. And it's a pretty easy way to make a fun TikTok video where you get to introduce people to your song. A band I know uh, called Sub Radio does it as well. 
And it's a so cool idea for TikToks. So anyway. Can you hear my dog squeaking his toy right now as we're live on Because your dog's a Chasen fan too. And I want all of our viewers <laughs> yeah, and listeners <laughs> to become Chasen fans as well. I want everybody to have these same 30 seconds of this song stuck in their head. We actually have Chasen here. Let's go ahead and bring him out so he can play the drop for his new song reel that comes out July 15th. Hey, how are you guys doing? Hey, Jason. Hey, thank you so much for having me on the podcast. I appreciate it. We are so excited to be uh, having you here. This is this is so much fun for me and for Katie. Again, as you know, we've been coming across your music pretty regularly on TikTok. Uh, it's been our algorithm has been very good to us in that regard. And I want to I want to. So before you play the drop. I want to hear a little about what gave you the idea to just start playing this, like the same 30 seconds in multiple videos in different places throughout LA. Sure. So it actually started, um, cause I've had this song for probably a year and a half now. Um, and I'd been going through some health stuff. So I was in the hospital and it was just sitting on my laptop. So I didn't really think too much about it. I loved it, but I didn't really know how it connect with people. And so, um, I actually moved to LA for the summer, uh, trying to make some stuff happen out here. And, uh, I just started posting videos of me just sitting at the computer because I wanted something simple because I'd, I'd tried a lot of times before really making a complicated video, a lot of editing. Um, and, you know, it would get 200 views and that did not make me feel very good <laughs> after you sit there for hours, you know, trying to get it all together. Um, and so me and my buddies, uh, I was just sitting at the computer um, just playing it. Cause I was like, okay, what do I do every day? I sit down and make music. And so we just put a camera up, recorded it and, uh, I posted it, didn't really do anything. And then two days later, I started to, you know, get stuff on my phone. I was like, oh my gosh, it's starting to actually pick up. Um, and so we realized that we had something after that. And so since I was sitting in the studio, we were thinking, well, where could we go next? And so <laughs> we thought, let's just do it every day and, you know, have people tell us where to go. Um, and so, you know, the comments started coming in, hey, you know, go to the Hollywood sign. And so, you know, me and my guys would pack up our stuff and go bring the lights over there. Um, and, you know, we did one in the ocean. I had a buddy who was like almost like waist deep in the ocean in the middle of the night. Uh, and he's there. He's like, are you ready? <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, it was just fun. And we had all the lights on the beach and, you know, we we're scared about electrocuting ourselves, but we were safe. Um, and so, good. yeah, so it's been super fun. Um and yeah, hoping to continue it. We're trying to just get the song out there because uh, it blows my mind, but it seems that people are connecting with it. And it's just incredible as a creator and as an artist to experience that. And I would just would love for people to experience the music. It's a kind of a mixture between live band um, and electronic music. And so it takes like the synth driven, like larger than life aspect of electronic music and brings it to... Uh, I don't even know, just like the connectability of hearing a singer and, you know, if you went and saw your favorite band. Um, and so that's what I'm trying to do. I would love to play it for you guys. Is that all right? I, I, we, we would love that very much. Here's, here's what I'm uh, proposing here, Jason. Sure. Uh, we want to hear the drop and then um, we'll go to break. And if you'd be willing, I'd love to have you come back after the commercial break and just hear a little bit more about your story because I'm endlessly fascinated by this. And I think we could all use a little bit of a masterclass on how musicians can promote themselves on TikTok and promote their new releases in creative ways. Awesome. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Well, without further ado, nobody wants to hear me talk anymore. Let's. Uh, <laughs> here's Chasen playing uh, his drop from Real here on Break the Business. Awesome. Thanks. I'll give you guys about a minute snippet. We'll go from the chorus and then to the drop. 
Yeah. Uh, so give me just one sec. So I just have to say before you walk out that I know I just met you But tell me before you go Did the world disappear? Tell me what's it just me and you And she says Every day that you meet somebody I'm finding a way that I need your body Hey, thank you so much, guys. That's fantastic. <laughs> um, all right. I'm in a good mood now because I've heard my favorite song lately. Yet again. <laughs> We're gonna take a quick break. Jason, why don't you stick around? Love to talk a little bit more about uh your release with this. You can hang out with me and Katie. We'd love to have you. And uh, we hope our viewers and listeners stay with us, too. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back here on Break the Business. Awesome. Thank you. Ryan Carella here. I hope you're enjoying the show, and I hope that you're getting a lot out of it. I do what I do because I care about creators like you. A lot. I've dedicated my career to helping creative professionals, entrepreneurs, and organizations move forward. I do it by hosting this program, and I'm also proud to do it in my legal practice. If you're a creative professional looking for solutions-oriented legal services to help you further your goals, I'd love to help. My firm RKPA does contracts, commercial law, copyright, trademark, and more. Visit rkpalaw.com to learn more. That's rkpalaw.com. Ryan A. Carella, PA, Miami, Florida. Streaming services for Break the Business provided by L.E.K. Entertainment. L.E.K. Entertainment is a full-service entertainment company offering everything from consultations to full-scale events and productions, including audio and video productions, voiceovers, staged theatrical productions, script and music development, and streaming services. For more information, visit lekentertainment.com. L.E.K. Entertainment wants to help you bring your story to life. Thanks for supporting Break the Business. If you have a question or topic that you want us to discuss, email us at breakthebusiness at gmail.com. You can follow the host, that's me, on Twitter at Ryan K-A-I-R, and you can follow the show at The BTB Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook, and on all major podcast platforms. And now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Break the Business, you lovely humans. So excited to have you all here with us. Ryan Carella joined by Katie Zaccardi and our new friend, Chasen, who we uh, just heard his banger of a song in the previous segment. Wherever you're checking us out, we are happy that you are here. You can check us out on streaming services, uh, all the major live streaming services. You can check us out on all the plod- podcast platforms. That's a hard word to say. And Sirius XM 145. Much love to the fabulous people over at Slam Radio for giving this humble podcast a home. So, Chasen, we got blown away by your song earlier. And loved it, loved it, loved it. And one of the things I was intrigued by that you were mentioning there towards the end is as you were deciding what interesting places around L.A. you were going to play your song next in, whether it was Pacific Park or under the Hollywood sign, 
you were soliciting fan input. You were taking fan comments to decide where you were going to play next. I think that's a great idea. What a cool way to get your fans involved. Let them be part of the process. Tell me, like, was that something you would always plan to do? Or did you kind of have a list of places you were going to go? And then the fans started giving you ideas and you're like, oh, that's even better. Yeah, I think we probably started out closer to just a list of places. We were like, oh, where could we go do this? Um, but I had seen some TikToks that had comments. And, you know, it's it's always kind of fun when you when you can get other people to create your ideas for you. Because you, you guys were talking about earlier um, how, you know, creatives just kind of see other creative things on the app and then continue uh, with their own spin on it. Um, and so, yeah, me and the guys here, I do want to mention, uh, I do actually live with like a group of people in a house, uh, and some of them are artists and some of them uh, are part of this. Uh, I don't even know how to describe it. What's the best way right here. I'm not here. Come on here. Yeah. I have my buddy over here. This is Zaid. Hi. Hey. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I live with Chase and Chase is staying with us for the summer. Um, a bunch of us in this house here, we work at a company called live Two, which was started by my very good buddy McLean on TikTok. And basically we do a bunch of different stuff, but we're basically a music company that started on TikTok, and we're just a bunch of kids with cameras running around, try to help musicians make the coolest content possible. Uh, so Chase sent us his music, um, a little while ago, we heard it, we loved it. We're like get to LA as soon as possible. <laughs> so it's kind of a chase in summer. We're all hands on deck trying to help them with, with this whole TikTok thing. Yeah. And the, the crazy thing about it too, is they, um, I'd, I'd seen some of their TikToks and you know, it's just you guys in your dorm room. Um, and so I was like, Oh, who is this kid? He was taking artists, uh, that had under a thousand streams without telling them made a video about their project and next thing overnight these artists would have millions of streams so people were really invested in this video series including me and all the artists were incredible and so they uh do like a showcase series where they'll throw backyard shows and kind of diy shows um and they put out a video saying hey if you're an artist and want to open for one of our shows make a video about it and so me you know being in nashville in college i was like yeah i want to try this and so i did it <laughs> took me about five hours and it got like 20 likes <laughs> but <laughs> it naturally, was of course i know like, of well, course, what else of course. <laughs> i know but it was enough for the uh his name is mclean he's like one of our good friends uh, enough for him to see it and be like hey man here's my number so uh you know i was like oh bummer nothing came of it but you know it was enough to get his number and so uh we had kept in touch kind of over you know year and a half two years um and it kind of just happened where I had made some new music and I wasn't expecting to be in L.A. for the summer. Um, and so I kind of sent the music over like, hey, this is, you know, the stuff I'm working on. And Zade was in, we were in the car. Yeah. So him. I McLean was picking me up to just go get some lunch. And I noticed on his dash, he was about to play this Dropbox link. I was like, what is that? He's like, oh, this kid Chase from Nashville. He sent me a song. I don't know. Let's listen to it. And like that girl that you mentioned on Omegle, our jaws were just on the floor. We were like, we need to get in touch with this kid. We need him here. Um, so, yeah, we flew him out, and we're having the best fucking time. Yeah. Oh. Sorry. That's okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Wouldn't be oh. the first one of those that's uh, popped off on the show. <laughs> I probably dropped many of them accidentally. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> But nice. but 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 wait but wait to really uh, blow blow away on your first appearance on satellite radio just <laughs> right out there with the f bomb right away, good yeah. stuff. Um, uh, so so yeah, I mean it's been a <laughs> collaborative effort between us. Um, 
because what's awesome is it's just like what's authentic to you and you know me i am kind of doing the producing thing but also the live thing um but you know i don't like for this song for example i wouldn't just sit down at the piano and play it you know it's it's kind of a bigger production and so we were like how do we do that well because a lot of artists you know they'll sit at the piano and sing a song have the lyrics above them or you know if it's a like singer songwriter they'll go play the guitar and somewhere pretty um and so i think we're still trying to find exactly what my thing is but um i think trying something is better than trying nothing so you know we're still trying to do different ideas and figure it out but what's cool is i have these guys here that we can sit down with a little whiteboard and be like okay what's working what isn't working um and you know it's small victories but we're hoping that if we keep going that more people can connect um and you know you we're here with you guys because of tiktok so we really feel like it's something special well, what do you mean you don't know what your thing is? Your thing is clearly playing your song in shopping carts and in bathrooms and underneath the Hollywood sign. Uh, Katie, here's what I find inspiring about what Jason's talking about here, because it speaks to the potential of TikTok, not just as a platform for artists to be able to break their careers, for to to for, for people to get their art out there to audiences that otherwise wouldn't find them. It's an amazing art discovery platform but we knew that already we talk about that all the time right but what chasen is talking about as well is the potential of tiktok to be a place where artists can connect with each other you have a you have an artist in nashville going to college in nashville with a creator's house in los angeles and but for TikTok, they would never span the country and find a way to get together and do yeah. amazing things together. I mean, you must love that about TikTok, Katie. I do. And it's funny because as you started saying that, I'm laughing to myself because I I will freak every so often. I'll make videos where I say, hey, musicians, make sure you're speaking to your fans and not just other musicians, because a lot of musicians I feel like we've talked about this before. Oh, yeah. On the podcast. Other, Which bears repeating. It does. A lot of musicians end up talking to other musicians and they get super techie with it. And they talk a lot about um, just the music side and not actually to their fans. And then the like biggest pushback that I get from musicians is, oh, but I want to network with people. And what I think is so awesome is that you don't have to post videos specifically talking to other musicians as a musician in order to network with people on TikTok, because there is such a community aspect that once you start seeing someone regularly and you follow them and you comment on their posts and then you, you know, DM them on Instagram and just start connecting, you can do that literally just out of pure love for their content and pure love for one another's content. So I, there's so many people that I've met on the app or connected with on the app, other musicians, other coaches, other people who just like, we see each other's content and then we kind of take it off of the app and into real life, which is amazing. <laughs> That's uh, absolutely. I hundred percent right. agree with that. Right on. Let me ask you this, Jason, cause we've talked about all the wacky places that you've played this song and made a video out of. You must have at least one story of something going absolutely nuts in the production process in one of these places. I think, I think you had played in a public bathroom and that had some weirdness to it. Like what's oh, the yeah. one story you can give us of a misadventure of your filming process going all around LA and making TikToks with this song? Um, you know, I don't know if this is going to be as crazy of a story as you're looking for, but we got a comment that said, do it at a roller rink. And so we're like, okay, 
let's do it. Mm. And so we packed up all the stuff in the car um, and we drove to the to the nearest roller rink and we were at the door trying to get in. Um, and the guy there was not having it. He's like, ah, I don't think that's going to happen because, you know, it's a big piano in this stuff. Uh, and so <laughs> I like begged him to bring out the manager. Um, and, you know, the manager was quite tough um, and she kind of yelled us away. So she was you know, she gave us a mouthful. Um, well, and so we were pretty discouraged after that, but we ended up doing the shopping cart right across the street. Cause we, cause we saw something that said that as well. So we we're like, you know what? There's an empty parking lot. There's a sharp shopping cart. We'll try to make the best of it. Well, so dude, okay. wait, welcome wait, wait. to LA. If you want to film <laughs> yeah. more than five feet outside of your house, you need a damn permit. Of course you were going to get in trouble for that. Now what you need to do is take this clip of the podcast, put it on TikTok, and have people tag roller skate rinks and be like, yo, you gotta get Jason to film here. Oh. And then somebody will pick it up and be like, you can come at our special roller oh, skate rink. That'd be awesome. <laughs> and I think that's even goes to what Ryan was talking about. I would love if, uh, you know, we could start hopefully maybe getting some businesses or just people that, yeah. you know, have no cool locations that would allow us to do some of this stuff. Cause you know, it is tricky to do, you know, there's something that said do it in a Target, which, you know, we can. We can always ask for forgiveness, but it's always nice to have. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's always nice to have somebody say, hey, come on, come do it. We want you here. Um, yeah. So I think that's ultimately the goal with this is that we could continue to grow relationships with people, businesses, and, you know, just everybody can benefit from it and just enjoy, you know, being together and the art. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. We'll kind of we'll see where it goes. The song comes out in nine days now. So, you know, we're going to do stuff leading up to it. But I think more importantly, we're going to do stuff after it comes out as well. Um, so actually, since we're, you know, on this podcast, would do you guys have any ideas for, you know, once that song comes out, any cool ideas for us? Ooh, I'm going to leave this one to the TikTok expert. Sure. Not going to lie, Jason. I was just about to ask that as an interview question. So, Jason, what <laughs> were you going to do to promote your song after it comes out? So, if you're fishing for ideas, we got a little bit of a problem here. Uh, Katie, what do you think? First of all, I love how business savvy you are being, not only by what comes so far but all by using this to crowdsource other ideas. <laughs> That's yeah. amazing. Um, I think the most basic thing is to keep going. And like so many musicians forget this. It's like they do the stuff leading up to the song, they release the song, and then they kind of are just like, all right, well, that's that. But the truth is that there's so many more people who are going to hear your music after it's actually released. And that's even better because then they don't have to pre-save, they don't have to wait, they can go and listen. So getting yes. that initial momentum and then being able to continue, like I would literally just continue the series and do exactly what you are doing uh, and thought about, which is like maybe reach out to local businesses and partner with people and see where, just try to get bigger and bigger and position yourself next to other artists you can collaborate with or businesses or, or creators you can collaborate with um, to keep getting it out there. It's one of those things, you know, can you introduce other ideas for promoting it? Of course, always. But sometimes, and on TikTok especially, sticking with one thing and then just doing it over and over again, essentially like until it gets old, can be really good. And it might seem like it is getting older, like it is trite, but the reality is, Again, not everyone's seeing all of your videos, so they're probably not seeing it as much as you think. But on TikTok, 
being able to uh, do the same thing over and over allows people to recognize you. And when they recognize you or start recognizing you, then they're one step closer to following you. And then once they follow you, they're a step closer to actually becoming a fan. So I think it's awesome what you're doing. I would just like keep going bigger and bigger with it. And um, I don't know. I feel like I would, uh, you know, it really reminded me of a church's song when you played it just now too. Oh, no way. Yeah. Like, that, that's yeah. a great compliment. Get, Thank like, you. Yeah. And of course, before this, I told you that I love ABBA and it, I feel like the type of music the, the that best you make like modern disco. So um, yeah, other thinking of other musicians who are in that same vibe that you can partner with is, is always yeah. fun too. No. And, I, and that was such great advice. Um, I, it's funny that you say collaborators cause we've had some pretty interesting people reach out. I mean, you know, we had everybody <laughs> like, like a, a violinist that does uh, like trap music that wants oh, to, wow. you know, do a video together all the way to a fire breather. <laughs> so, Oh my wow. God. <laughs> wow. So, you know, I would love to make that work. So, you know, it's, it's just so fun being in a creative community and people reaching out. Um, and if you're watching this sh or hearing the show, watching this show um, and want to do something together, feel free to reach out. Uh, the Instagram is at chase is chase and my first name's chase. So Hope you can remember that. Um, and yeah, I mean, anybody that wants to do something fun together, just like feel free to reach out. Katie's insight there is right on the money. Uh, when I've heard, <laughs> when I've heard folks, uh, I was getting to a, I was getting to a topic <laughs> with it. Yeah. Carry on, please continue. <laughs> there to was, ask me there was a liberation <laughs> to, to, to come there. <laughs> Katie's insight was right on the money, comma. <laughs> um, a lot of uh, experts on music launches say that the actual launch of a track is not the destination. It's maybe step five in a 10 step process, right? You got to, you're doing stuff. A lot of artists make the mistake of thinking that the release of the, of the track is the start of the launch process. And that's a mistake because you really want to build in sometimes a couple months or more of launch to promote the record and in, in whatever ways you want to promote it. And then other artists make the mistake as Katie noted of saying that the release is the last step of the process where I do all this promotion. I get people excited and then I put the track out and then I disappear. And you don't want to do that either. You want to have some good stuff going on in the beginning and some good stuff afterward. You know, people right now, Chase has done an amazing job getting people excited about this release. You see it in every one of his TikTok videos. They're wow. like, you know, it's just a bunch of people going, we really love this 30 seconds of the song we heard you play in the shopping cart and under the Hollywood sign. When are we going to hear the rest of the damn thing? And he's, he's doing some great work getting that buildup to happen. And then once that explosion happens on the 15th, once that record is out, then he needs to build off that some more. And 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 I think Katie's idea of continuing with the concept is uh you know of what you're doing is a great one. TikTok for better or for worse re uh, rewards that algorithm rewards artists who do the same thing over and over. And we as TikTok consumers like that too. Like I like to know that when a certain person goes across my for you page, I know what that person delivers for me. You know, I, I know what to expect with this person, even if it's the same joke expressed in a hundred different ways. I want to see that joke and I know I'm going to get that joke with that creator. 
So if you're doing this thing that's been very successful and it's building up where you're playing this drop in different places, I think staying with that concept even after the release and upping the ante, perhaps with fire breathers or, or other things. And by the way, it's only a matter of time before like the mainstream media gets into this. Right. Like I, I'm already waiting for like the one where it's okay. Now I'm playing it next to Jimmy Fallon or something. And, yeah. and then like, and then, and then at that point it just becomes uncool. Cause now, you know, that's how, you exactly. know, a TikTok trend has made it to the end of its journey. When whoever yep. did that trend is standing next to Jimmy Fallon. This is so true. He is Sorry, the finish Jimmy. line of every TikTok trend. But if you get there, congratulations. Yeah. It's a, it's a blessing and a curse. That's right. Yeah, I feel like I feel like people on TikTok are always rooting for underdogs, and so when you see the yeah. underdog on national TV, it doesn't hit the same. But no, yeah, exactly. that would be cool. We'll we'll keep actually maybe since you guys said it, we'll keep doing this until we're on Fallon. So. That's right. Yeah, that's make, that's how you know. Okay, okay we've gone too far. This is oh, the we're on thing. the same page here. This is the nope. other thing too. If you give your audience a something to root for like you said they're rooting for the underdog but if you give them a goal we're doing this until we get a million streams we're doing this until we go on jimmy fallon i there's some guy on tiktok right now who's who <laughs> i think he's just doing a bit and the bit is literally like saying wishing kelly clarkson a good day until she acknowledges me <laughs> I love that. Like, i'm pretty sure that's the whole bit like i I, it could be that he wants to go on the show or like get some recognition, but I literally think it's like until she acknowledges me. That's the whole. <laughs> that's the whole goal. And so every it. day he's singing it. He's he's in a different place. He's you know he's got people. He doesn't have people. Like, and he just says, "Have a good day, Kelly Clarkson." And it's funny, but the truth is that like that kind of thing where you have a goal that your audience can get in on with you, they'll then help propel you there because they want to see you do it. And then it also becomes a lot less cringy when you actually do reach that goal because they feel like yes. they were in on the process. So maybe it's, I'm playing this song in different places until I get to play it at X, the yeah. White House, or you know, on the top of Mount Everest, or just somewhere completely bonkers. Yeah. That would be so awesome. that it's like a really hard goal to achieve, but your fans stay with you. Yeah, And I think, you know, I think all that could be awesome. And I think something that's like a, actually like a, like a really true goal to myself is, you know, most of my stuff, like where I really pride the whole project on is like the live performance. And so, you know, if it could be playing, you know, playing real in different places until I'm playing on a festival stage or, you know, something like that um, could be really awesome. So it's great ideas. I'll definitely start thinking about White House would be cool. Yeah, it's like, ambitious, but I love it. I mean, <laughs> I've seen more insane things happen with uh, for creators on TikTok, and I like it because it continues with what you're already doing so well, which is letting your fans be part of this journey. Right? You've already done a really nice job engaging your fans by, uh, you know, uh, soliciting their comments about where I should perform the song next, and so this is kind of staying with that same idea. We're all a team trying to reach some goal together with this song. And along the way, you're promoting this really cool song in the process. And it gives you a lot more runway with what you could be doing this release, even after you release it on the 15th. I'm excited. Oh, thank you so much. I really do appreciate it. All right. So before we let you go, one more time, if you want to tell folks where they can check out your music, because I want them all to be as obsessed with your music as Katie and I are. Sure. So I go by Chasen, C-H-A-S-Y-N. Um, and you can find me on Instagram at Chase is Chasen. 
Um, and then my Spotify is chasing. I actually, with this release, I'm kind of uh, just starting fresh. So this is going to be like the first real release for the project. So, um, you know, you're going to only find one song on the 15th, but uh, hoping to have a bunch more, a bunch more in the vault ready to go. So if you like real and you like what's going on on TikTok, like please follow, please keep up. Uh, yeah. And the TikTok is Chase's Chase, and that's what Zay just said. There you go. <laughs> but congratulations yeah, um, uh, for all the success you're having on the platform. This has been really, really cool. In fact, since it looks like we can't actually find our guest this week, I actually have one more question I want to ask you. It's the question we ask all of the guests on this program. And congratulations, you have now graduated from guy who just drops in to play the song to being our <laughs> guest this week. So I might as well ask you our final guest question. Do yes. you have any tips to share with the indie creators out there? Any last tips to share with yeah. them to help them move their careers forward? Um, yeah, totally. Um, I would say if you, and I know this sounds a little cheesy, but if you really believe in something that you're doing, it's not, if things aren't, if that momentum ball isn't rolling for you, because for me, you know, I was in the hospital for the last, year draw how to drop out of school i've been dealing with this stuff since i was a freshman in high school like there's so many times where nothing was happening for me um and you know I, I i moved out here three weeks ago so you know this is really like you know the birthing of like something new for me and like you know just like really special in my life but you know it wasn't always rolling you know that momentum ball and that's so defeating as a creator um when you know nobody's listening to your stuff no, it doesn't seem like anybody cares or there's no traction behind it. I would just encourage people to keep, just keep going. And that's even true for TikTok. That's true for it's just the career that you're trying to build. Keep going. And if you fall in love with the actual process of building something, then it's not about, oh, this TikTok got a million views. That's just a part. That's just, you know, the fruits of what you're doing and what you love. And so if you really love the actual process of creating and you know it depends on the medium but like me i love playing instruments i love singing i love just sitting down with people and saying hey how are you feeling let's just make something um everything else tends to fall into place so i would just like highly encourage uh you know find that thing that you love and if it's not going for you yet like continue to do it and then also on top of that be you know, because work, work on the music, work on that thing that isn't, you know, the, the influencer or, you know, the, the social media guy, but also be smart about what you're doing. Because if you're, if you're working on something and it never gets to anybody, then, you know, it's, it's, it's not going to make its way out into the world. And so first do what you love. And then two, there's a ton of people doing the same thing. And so like these guys, I feel like are just a bunch of me's. I live in a house with just a bunch of other nerdy music kids. It's awesome. And so, you know, there's other people that are going to enjoy your stuff. Like honestly in Nashville where I'm, you know, going to college right now, the music I'm doing is not very big. You know, even like a lot of my, uh, you know, other, other classmates and stuff don't uh, super enjoy pop music. And, you know, it's a lot of country, a lot of rap. And so that's just not the vein I'm in. But, I relocated and you know, everybody really likes that kind of stuff here. So it's been awesome. Um, and so, yeah, also try to find people that will support you, build a good team. Um, and with those two things, I think that there's a lot that you can do. So that's my little tidbit. 
That's really, really great. Thanks so much for stopping by this week. And look, after you have played at the White House or on the top of Mount Everest or on the surface of the moon or wherever like your destination is going to be when you finish this TikTok trend, (laughs) don't when you're when you're famous throughout the universe, don't forget about this radio show that uh, invited (laughs) you on. We'd love to have you back on whenever you like to continue uh, hearing about your journey. Anytime you email me anytime. I I cannot (laughs) promise you that I'll be playing on the moon, but I can promise you that I will come back on here if you guys email me. So Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. You got to take care, man. All right, Katie, how jealous. Awesome. Uh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Loved it. How jealous. I mean, did are you of the fact that like he gets to live in a house with all of these other creators? I've been hearing a lot about these like creator houses, hype houses yeah. that you're seeing. Like, look, don't get me wrong. I am happy to have like the domestic life I have with my family and my dog. And it's, it's adorable, but I would have loved maybe like a two year, 18 month stretch where I got to just live in a house with a ton of creators. That would be fun. It would have to be a limited run though, because I don't think I would ever sleep. (laughs) (laughs) I I would be in the worst health of my life, but having so much fun doing it. So yeah, I, I am jealous. That sounds like so much fun. And I love that creators are getting these opportunities now because of TikTok. They're meeting new communities that even if you are a college student in Nashville and you're surrounded by people that are playing country music and country's not your thing, that's okay because we have technology and platforms now that allow you to find like-minded people, even if they're on the other side of the world and you can all live in a house together and make incredible stuff and, you know, find yourself on a serious XM show. So you got to dig that. I am excited next week, Katie, for our guest, a big fan of hers, comedian and actress Helen Hong is going to be joining us. She's the host of the Go Fact Yourself podcast on MaximumFun.org. I'm excited to talk to her about her work as a comedian, obviously, but I'm excited to hear. I want to talk to her a bit about Maximum Fun. So I'm a big fan of this podcast network. They have a lot of shows that I listen to, like My Brother, My Brother and Me, The Adventure Zone, Mission to Zix, and Beef and Dairy Network, go fact yourself. I, I I listen to them all, but I love it because Maximum Fun is a creator-owned podcast network. The, oh, that's the, cool. the artists own their content and they all work together and there's all these different programs and they've built a cool community. They have like a convention that all the podcast fans go and visit their favorite creators. I've always wanted to get under the hood of that organization and figure out how it works, what makes them tick. And what's happening next, because I think the other creators out there who check out this podcast will really get a lot from hearing from her. So I'm excited for that one next week. That's going to be a blast. I'm excited to listen to that one when it comes out. It sounds awesome. Right on. Our thanks to Chasen for joining us and serenading us this week. Thanks to (laughs) producer Lauren. My thanks to you, Katie Zaccardi. Always a treat having you here. Always a pleasure to be here. Thank you, Ryan. And our thanks to all of you viewers and listeners for checking out Break the Business. We'll see you next week.